mountains move We come with expectation Waiting here for you is true we're desperate for your presence all we need is you oh Lord we're waiting here for you with our hands lifted high in prayer you alone. 
Hey, Rooted Kids. Um, I wish that I could see your faces and I wish that I could talk to you. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to do this little video for you this morning. And the other day I was feeling a bit sad, a bit like this, and I'm sure we've all felt like that in this time, just wanting to have a good old cry and feeling a little bit like I just wanted to run away from the world and, and hide myself, which I guess some of us feel like we have in this lockdown time. Sometimes recently I've even felt quite scared and I'm sure a lot of you have as well because the world has changed and we haven't known what's happening with school and different things. Anyway, I decided to go for a run and I went and sat down by the sea and as I watched the waves and I thought, wow, they never stop. The waves just keep coming and they keep going. And I was reminded of the fact that God is always with us, that whatever happens, the Bible says, even if the mountains fall into the sea, that God will be with us always and he will love us always too. So that reminded me of God making the heavens and the earth. And in Psalms 1, it says, He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. The first verse of the Bible, so right at the beginning in Genesis 1, it tells us that in the beginning, before there was an earth or people in the starry sky, God existed. God was there. We can't understand that. That's an impossible thing for us to think about. But God was there. The same verse and the ones that follow tell us that he created the heavens and the earth and life. He created every single one of us as unique and different as we are. Everything we see, we look around the sea, the mountains, the trees, the flowers, people, um, animals, everything that we see is a product of his creativity. What an amazing God. Imagine him making the giraffe and stretching out this long neck and putting spots on and then saying, I'm going to create all these different kind of cats and painting stripes on the tiger and putting spots on the leopard. And then with the elephant thinking, I'm going to give him a long, funny nose. And he gave him this long, long trunk. Imagine that. I think God had a lot of fun when he created the world and he had a lot of fun when he created every single one of you too. One of the coolest things about studying science is discovering how miraculous and detailed God's creation is. From the tiny hairs on your head to the massive mountains and the stars. You can see some on the sheet behind me. God created living things with some essential building blocks called peptides. It Sounds just like it looks peptides. When joined with other chemicals, they look a bit like this. Peptides help make a cell. And cells are the basic parts, can you see this, of every living thing. So we're made up of all these things. And actually, they're so tiny, you can only see them through a microscope so so tiny you couldn't see them like this you would have to look through a microscope that magnified time and time again but just because they're so tiny doesn't mean that they're simple each peptide is made of two or more chemical components called 
amino acids, some of you older ones will have heard about those, I'm sure, which have to be joined together in just the right way. And the Bible tells us that God wove us together. So it's like every single cell in our body, every single peptide is woven together into different shapes and different forms to make us the way we are. The chances of that happening by accident are so slim, about one in 10 duodecillion, or 10, not, 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 not. It's actually one with 40 zeros behind it. That's a huge number. Sounds impossible? Not with God. God made amino acids, peptides, cells, and all of creation to show us how great and powerful he is. Put your arms up as high as you can, stand and stretch as high as you can, and that's nowhere near. God is so incredible, we could never ever reach how big or incredible or powerful he is. What's really amazing is that the same great God who designed peptides put them together in just the right way to create you. And the Bible tells us that each of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no two of us that are the same. There may even be twins, but even then, there's differences because God wove us together, like with these beads. If you've got some beads at home, you can see how many you could put on a piece of string and you would never be able to put on enough to make as many peptides and cells that are in our body. So I want you today or any time really, that you're feeling a bit sad or a bit down or a bit bewildered, a bit confused, wondering what's happening because there's a lot of things that we don't know what's happening at the moment. To just maybe go and look at yourself in the mirror and remember that the God who holds the world in place, who made the mountains, who made the stars, who made every animal, every living creature, made you just the way you are and tell yourself as you look at yourself in the mirror thank you God for making me fearfully and wonderfully thank you that you're with me and you know I did that when I sat by the sea and I went from feeling sad things in the world were still the same to coming home with a big smile on my face as I was reminded that there's nothing impossible for my God and he's with me and he made me fearfully and wonderfully so just take some time every day just to remind yourself of how amazing God is and to tell yourself I'm made fearfully and wonderfully and my God is with me always Lord everywhere I look I see signs of how great you are Thank you for your amazing creation, including me. Amen. Have a lovely day. Miss you and love you all. Bye. Okay, good day, everybody. It's August. We are already into August this year. Can you believe it? I saw a picture a couple of weeks ago explaining the months of the year. We had January, February, March, blah, 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 all scrambled December. It's been a crazy year, 2020, but we stand firm 
Uh, we hold on to the truths of our King. I keep saying those words, okay? The reality this week, folks, we, we've had a bit of a somber week in our community at Bay City Church where um, we had the unfortunate passing of a husband, of a father, a brother, and a friend to many of uh, Quinton Thomas, who went to be with the Lord on Tuesday afternoon. I know Errol was there, Matt was there, Aidy was there helping Natasha and Kaylee at that point, and his body succumbed to the realities of this virus that we've been facing. And so it was a difficult one this week to navigate and to walk through. And uh, we just want to send all our condolences to you, Natasha, to you, Kaylee, and to your extended families for the loss of a really good man who loved the Lord, who was quiet, but he was a strong, firm man in the things of God and had a beautiful heart and wanted to see so many people just flourish and wanted to serve in so many ways and stuff. So again, folks, we are faced with the realities of the season that we're walking into now. Not easy to find answers, not easy to navigate our thinking through these times. So we have to be secure. We have to be firm on the truth of our Savior, King Jesus. And Natasha, I just want to commend you of your your spiritual maturity of how you've approached this. All the conversations that I've had with you um, really just commend you. Well done for holding on to the firm truth and realizing the power of it's a loss here on this earth, but he's now redeemed and living in glory with his maker and creator. There again, folks, is the the, where death has lost its sting. The power in death has been broken through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we extend our love to you and the whole Thomas family at this time. We're going to have a funeral service on Wednesday afternoon. Um, he was involved in the soccer and cricket clubs for you know, 30 years of his life. So we're going to have a drive-through for all those folks at the 12 o'clock. But 1 o'clock we will have a service, which unfortunately at this time will also only be able to be invites for family and, and closer friends. But we will have it on our Facebook page where for those of you who want to just engage live at 1 o'clock on Wednesday. And we'll get that information out to everybody. So we stand firm and stand strong. Okay, so, you know, that leaves us with the, the reality, you know, of what we're facing in these days and that honesty with Quinton was probably the closest the reality of this virus has come to our community particularly to my personal life I've known many people around and out there but that that came close and we are feeling the effects of it and again the reality is this virus is real but what we need to understand is all this chaos and this pandemic and all the 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 craziness that's going on around it is not necessarily real. There's a lot of a lot of power shifting and a lot of struggles in this this period in time. And that's we need to be secure in our maker. We've been talking through Joshua and all the shifts of crossing over into a whole new time for them as the people of God. We are in times like that now, where the church is shifting into this new era where God is about a good work and doing incredible things in these times. And we need to see the times we're living in. And we can't allow the realities of what's playing on around us to distract us, to steal our faith, to cause doubt, all these things that are happening and playing into us. And so we, we, we have to hold firm to that. And we are going to ask questions to what's happening around us and all the irrational thinking and the playing out that's happening so many different ways. So I want to read to you the last verses um, in the Old Testament. And this is from Malachi chapter 4. 
And uh, we're just going to take a break from the uh, story of Joshua. And that because last week I spoke on those memorial stones and uh, how they set them up as a remembrance to tell their children of the great things God has done. And I want us today, we're going to celebrate the greatest memorial that has ever taken place that we get to celebrate. And that, that is through our King Jesus. And I want us to hold on to that. So maybe, you know, get your juice and your bread ready because we're going to break bread together today. But I just want to touch on these couple of verses and just paint a little bit of a picture now of where we're standing in times like this. And then hold on to the truths as we celebrate of drinking the representation of his blood and the eating of the broken body that has given us life and that in this time. So I read these verses. It's headed the great day of the Lord. And it says, for behold... The day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes upon the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord's, of the Lord's of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. And those were the last words of the Old Testament. And then there's this period of 400 years, as we all know, of silence where there was no prophetic word. There was nothing spoken to the people of God from heaven. And I've always been intrigued by that time. What happened in that period? What took place over that period of time? And I want to just give you a little snapshot because I think we're living in times where it's not necessarily where heaven has been silent to us. I think we're living in a time where there was no prophetic word in those 400 years of silence. We've had too much prophetic word in this season of time. It's almost the exact opposite. But I want to just bring a little bit of a kind of looking at the two from those two different angles. If we... Look at the book of Malachi and we understand that it was the last book of the Old Covenant. And at that time, the, the uh, people of Israel were under Palestinian rule. Okay, Sorry, from after Babylonian captivity. And they'll be able to go back to their land of Palestine and to be able to erect what was sort of, you see through Nehemiah and Ezra, some sort of temple so that they can go back and worship God. And Jerusalem is a focal point of a lot of the attention that gets taken place. But they had, they had no king at that time and in that stage. And you see through the time of Malachi uh, where they are. And I've heard some people say in America, Malachi, but it's Malachi. And uh, you'll see in that time from the Babylonian rule, we, you jump forward to 400 years. It's almost like a play where you've got Act 1 and Act 2. And through Act 1, you've got a certain set on the stage. The curtains close. And when the curtains open again, it's a whole new set. That's exactly what's happened um, through that time. There was the, the rule of the Babylonian time. But when you come back 400 years later, in a sense, they're under Roman rule. 
And now what took place in those 400 years of preparation and timing for the, return, for the arrival of the Son of the Almighty Jesus to come to this earth? And I just want to touch on some of the things that played out over that time. And we see, as we said now, Rome was the dominant power over that time. But what had happened was the power had shifted from the east to the west. And you've got the, the um, Israel that's in the middle. It's basically like a puppet nation between all these nations fighting for power and fighting for some kind of dominance that would take place over the years. And out of that group, you had the initial group of people who were called the Hellenists. That they were really wanting to hold on to the Greek culture. They were liberalizing the, the, the Jewish laws. And they, they really wanted to kind of set a path in place. And what that created in this period of time leading up to Jesus' arrival was the breaking of that Hellenistic group into different groups of understanding. And we all know and understand them now as the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And there were the Essenes that were a smaller kind of party and group in that. But the, the Pharisees were essentially the nationalists for Hebrew and preserving the Mosaic laws and cultures that Moses had set in place. So they were very legalistic, very stringent and holding on to the truths that had been laid out to them by they were their father and Moses and setting so much into them. And the whole, well, the whole word Pharisee actually means to separate. So they separated from that wanting to go in the Greek kind of way. And they separated and formed the group called the, 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 the Pharisees. The Sadducees were really the lovers of the Greek kind of way. And uh, they wanted to, to kind of um, turn aside from all the strict laws. There was a real turning away from understanding the supernatural and the power of God and all those things. And it was a real rationalization of the understanding of the things of the law and, and a very different approach, which, you know, which called the group of the Sadducees. The Essenes were a very smaller group of people, but essentially they were part of hiding those scrolls um, and where a little shepherd boy uh, many years ago found them. And that's where the name the Dead Sea Scrolls come from. And this group was a part of that understanding. And so there's a lot that happened in shifting of power before the arrival of Jesus coming here. So there was the shift from the east to the west, the Babylonian rule, then became the Persian kind of rule over this, um, uh, this uh, part of the world, eventually shifted to the Greek rule. And uh, the Greek, Greek ruler is very famous for the, the knowing of, um, we all have heard of Alexander the Great. His father had come in and, and kind of set a, a tone and won many battles. And his son was the one that, that had a, in his young 20s kind of taken over many nations and died at the age of 33 as a drunkard because he had conquered every nation had nowhere more to conquer. And that so there was the Greek rule and there was this rising of the Maccabees through all this period, which eventually the Maccabees with the tussles between the north and the south, Egypt and the northern kind of countries were the tussle between the two. The Maccabees signed a treaty with the Roman rule that they would help them as this tussle between these two nations were fighting over Jerusalem. And essentially Roman rule came in and only about A.D. 63. So not A.D. 63 B.C., they signed a treaty and Rome came in and, and protected them from this rule of the north and south that was tussling between them. And that's where essentially Roman rule came in to, to um, ruling over Jerusalem. We also find through this time that because of the, the strong Greek um, dominance that was taking place, that they, there was a group of 70 scholars that gathered in around about 284 B.C. And they took the Hebrew text 
and they translated the Hebrew text into Greek language. And you'll find that most of the references in the New Testament that refer to Old Testament scriptures all refer to the Septuagint, which was which means 70, that there were 70 that came together to um, translate the, 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 the writings from Hebrew into Greek. And as I say, many of the reference were actually to this Greek um, translation. And what we see, it got up to the point in this time of the arrival of Jesus, where the West was deteriorating in its spirituality and religion and the evilness that was taking place and the many pagan faiths which were rising. But at the same time, you also had the East that were full of you know wisdom and knowledge, but were also deteriorating in understanding. And then we understand why the three wise men were looking at the signs with the stars and then this bright star shone in the sky and they came to see the King and Messiah. And there was a whole shift of power. There was a deterioration of current systems and that was set in place. And then the arrival of Jesus came into the midst of all of this, the perfect timing for him to come in. And I really want to want us to look at the understanding of the times we live in. I've said that a few times over the last few weeks. We need to understand the times. We need to see what God is doing so that we are positioned, our hearts and our minds are positioned by faith to see what God is doing in these days. If we look at these last two centuries and we go back and we see the amounts of wars and the fight for power, the attack on the Jewish people, which was a very big thing in those 400 years. It was a big fight. The city of Jerusalem itself has been pillaged, has been destroyed, has been burnt and destroyed 27 times in its history. There was a great fight over that region and over that land. And there's a, this shifting of power. And you look in this last century, all the wars, all the fighting, all that's taken place. And there's, a, there's been a shifting and a fighting that's been taken place over these times that we're living in now. Um, and we need to hold on to the understanding of what God is saying to us so that we are aware we can align our hearts with what his promises and his purposes have been. So what we've seen now is I really believe there is a shift of power taking place in the time and season that we live in. You know, the, the governmental rule and dictatorship that we've seen over the many nations is the cracks are being shown. They are being formed. There's this shift of domination that wants to be come from. And, and essentially there's this undergirding, like I said last week, of that word cabal of understanding. There are powers and forces in this world that are trying to take domination over things. We don't maybe have all the clarity. I always say God sees it all. But we as his people need to arise and hold on to the understanding of what he's doing in these days. And there's a shift of power that's taking place. And I, I believe more and more, if we see regards the connectivity that we have, regards the internet and through the world and how things get out, there's a, there's a greater power that's been given to the people. That the governments have their, their, their fight to set things in place. I think that's why there's this communistic drive to control people so that the power is taken away from people. And we need to hold on to these. How many things have been exposed because of the power of internet? It can't be hidden and put away. All of a sudden it gets out and everybody hears the word and everybody is aware of something very quickly in today's. There's a shift of power that's taking place. It's hard to acknowledge exactly who's in control sometimes. 
But that's why we hold on to the truth of our King Jesus, that he is always in control, seated at the right hand of the Father. All things have been placed under his feet. And now we hold on to that truth. And that, But there's this shift that's taking place, as it was in that period of time leading up to the preparation of Jesus coming. There's this preparation that's been happening. And we are thankful to be able to say we live in these times when God is doing great things. We can't pressurize him and tell him when and how things need to take place. We just need to trust and we need to be faithful. So as, as we kind of look at the times when what I want to do is more pause on the reality of the breaking of bread and the drinking of the juice as symbolic of his blood for us today. Because folks, if there's any shift of power that was taken place was when Jesus arrived at this earth 2000 years ago. He shifted the understanding of the religious duties and the systems that were set in place for that day. And he shifted everything to understand that he's given us all authority. The power now that has been invested in us by the Holy Spirit has given us the authority to, to speak to demons, has given us the authority over sickness, has given us power over death, that no longer these things will hold. Where there's an enemy on this world that is fighting daily to kill, steal, and destroy. And that verse in John 10, 10, where it says that but Jesus has come, that we might have life and life in abundance. There's the greatest shift in power. Take away all the understandings of governmental power and the people having it more. Yes, that's going to happen in our times. But we, as God's kingdom, as, as the church, as the family of God in this time, carry the greatest power that's ever been paid for. We carry the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome in these times, to help us stand firm in these times and all that's been taking place. And we have to honor this memorial of our King Jesus. We need to honor this moment. You know, Jesus said, as often as you do this in remembrance of me. And I came across this great verse in Hosea and it uses this word memorial. And it says, and he met God at Bethel and there God spoke with us, the Lord the God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial name. Beautiful. Remember his name. Remember what he's done. Remember the works of the king. Let's just reflect in your own life what he's done for you. And he goes on to say, so you, by the help of your God, return. Hold fast to love and justice and wait continually for your God. We wait on him. We wait on him in the times and the seasons that we live in, not fully understanding, but knowing the greatest shift in power took 2000 years ago when he gave up his life. He paid the sacrifice of the perfect and sinless lamb that would pay the price for us. That in 40 days time, when in 50 days time, when he rose again and went up to be in glory, sorry, 40 days rose again, 10 days after that, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and now resides in each one of us. You have the power to overcome sin. You have the power to overcome doubt. You have the power to overcome fear. You have the power to overcome the realities of what's pressing in and around us because our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in our Jesus that we get to celebrate and we get to hold on today because this is the greatest memorial that we will ever celebrate. And we know, folks, we are fully aware they, these are dark days we live in. If you just, just dig a little into the background of what we don't necessarily see happening all the time, 
apart from the corruption of governments and the trillions of dollars and money thrown back and forth. And this one's actually sponsoring the same war that they same fighting and, and it's back and forth and the confusion. But the, 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 the actual human being, the treating of the human body, the, the, the child slavery, the child um, human trafficking that takes place with bodies are being sold and sent across this world as pe people take pleasure in this disgusting acts that they take part in where child sacrifice is being done in many, many different ways. These dark things, we could delve into that and start unlocking. You know what it brings up? It brings up this, this, this sickening of, man, how ugly is this world, the things that we face? And, and in a way, we're saying, God, where are you? It's like you're silent. Why are these things not happening? They said exactly the same thing. I'm sure they did in those 400 years. God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? He, he's closer than ever before, and he's building up. He is priming up a time and a season in where it is now, it seems, building up to this point where he's going to step in, just like the arrival through the virgin birth of Jesus through the mother Mary, where it just kind of sunk in and no one even realized that it happened, but he came and set a new order in place. There was a shift in power. We are living in times like that now where there's a shift and an understanding what's taking place here because God is priming things for a move. And what's been the focus is that the church as the family, as our family units, hold on to the truths, hold on to the understanding. And what that passage that I led today, the ver last verses of the, of the old covenant says that, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And he's saying, basically, if you don't listen, just listen to me. Let the fathers, fathers serve the children and the children serve the fathers. Let there be a unity in working together. Just respond, respond to what I'm saying and doing in these days. And with this juice and with this bread that we get to hold on to today is we get to celebrate this great and most powerful moment that shifted all power across your life, across the principalities, and uh, the rule and reign on this earth was all placed on the Son Jesus, who is given us now authority by the power of His Holy Spirit. And we're going to partake of this today, and we're going to drink of this juice, we're going to drink of this uh, represent, representation of His blood, and eat of His body as a representation of His body that was broken for us. All powers and principalities have been made low. They will bow down to the king of kings who serve over and all. Now remember this. He didn't just come so that now you can be set free from your sins. And like, Phew, thank goodness I'm saved. No, he came to establish a kingdom so that through the establishment of this and your salvation and you leaning into the Savior Jesus Christ, it brings you into another whole dimension of thinking and of understanding. You see, the Pharisees had their way of thinking. The Sadducees had their way of thinking. It's being saved out of that paradigm. And even poor old Peter in the same chapter in the Bible where he says to him, Matthew 16, this, he recognizes Jesus that you're the Messiah. It might be Matthew 16. I might be mistaken. Sorry. Matthew's, and he says to him, you know, yes, you are the Christ, the Messiah. And then just a little bit later, it's a, Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan, because his thinking was from another kingdom. 
and our salvation and our drawing into Jesus is means that we have been brought into think and see differently because of the kingdom that we've established. Being the ambassadors here on earth, our citizenship is not on this earth. It is in heaven, as Paul explains to us. You know, the power in this, the principalities in, will bow down to this great king. And that is the power of salvation, that we don't look at the world through the world lens. We don't look at the world through a financial lens. We don't look at the world through a government lens. We look at the world through the lens of the kingdom and the understanding of there's a priming and a building up here of what God is going to do. And in those times, those 400 years, there was a lot of separation and a lot of um, this group working that way, this group going that way, trying to hold on to what their greatest truth was. There's a lot of separation that's taking place in this time of season. Firstly, we've been separated from one another because we can't gather together. And there's a stirring in our hearts that at some stage we will gather and we will stand together holding on to the, and the, the power of just being able to worship together. But the separating of understanding, the separating of groups, there's even um, the, the, the two kingdoms of this world, as I said, that's becoming greater and greater the rift between the two because there's an arising of a people that are not going to back down, that are not going to settle for just being told and dictated how we do because God's kingdom will always rule. It is unshakable. And that's what we stand on today. And we believe that. So I want to speak the, the power of that over you, the eternal words that Jesus has given us of life and that all we need is found in him today. So as we take of this body that was broken, we take of this body that died a cruel death on the cross for us. That because of his stripes now you are healed. Because of that body that took on the sacrifice for us. We now can find life. And so Jesus we honor you today. And I'll just refer those words that were spoken by Malachi in the last verse. It says righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Righteousness will rise meaning it has to arise because of wickedness. And today there's a righteousness that's arising with healing in its wings because there's so much healing that is needed. And this is the sun of righteousness that is arising in these days. And so Jesus, as we pray together, let's just honor him. And so Jesus, we just honor you now for your body that's been broken. As we take, take partake of your body, we want to thank you for your body broken for us, that we now have life in this, that we now by your stripes are healed, that you being the perfect sacrifice and we partake. Thank you, Jesus, oh, for your great sacrifice for us, Lord. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. Just pause. Just take time with this. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed, the greatest memorial that we could ever celebrate. Is this one celebrating the blood and the, the, the body broken for us. So Jesus, we honor your blood. We thank you that there is life in the blood. We thank you that you give us life by the power of your spirit. We thank you that your blood that was shed was the greatest price that was paid, that paid the sacrifice for all sins, for sins that have passed, for sins to come have been paid through the power of your blood. We honor you today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I just want to honor you today in to do that with your families, to do that with your kids. Break bread. Just take time as families. I know this time has not been easy. Man, it has been difficult in many ways. 
and for all of us and it's it's we were just with some folks this afternoon and how the girl was explaining how this time has brought about a lot in her heart that she was suppressing and not want to deal with and it's come up i think that's happened for many of us that we've got to face these things because what god is doing us is is and caleb explained beautifully on the call we did um, this last week about this period being an onion and it's been an unpeeling and an unpeeling of all the layers that have been kind of on me and that unraveling of us is taking place. Allow the Lord to work. He is the great counselor. He ministers to you. Allow me to speak to your heart, to speak to your soul, that your spirits would arise with the power and the truth of who he is to you. Now, I encourage you today, even, you know, with our healing rooms, the number that uh, is on the screen there. If you're wanting just people to pray with you, just to reach out with you, Zeta and her team are more than willing just to respond and to help you. They don't often answer the calls. Please message the number and they will get in touch with you so that you receive prayers of life and of healing. And I've realized over this time, you know, that the spirit is not separated by our distance and our separation from one another. The spirit does not have a distance gap. It doesn't work like that. So on Zoom calls, on phone calls, on these calls, on these watching videos, the spirit is alive and active and he's not bound by time that I can be recording this another time and you're watching it another time. The spirit works into your heart. So I speak life over you. Reach out over this time. Stand firm. Stand firm in all that you've got in your hearts and the power of this resurrection that we now celebrate and we've done in remembrance of him because there was the greatest shift in power. The greatest shift in power that has been invested inside of us and we're living in times now where the Lord is setting up a great and mighty work. So hold on to that and the truth of who he is. So be blessed. Have a fantastic week. And we will keep in touch with more. Amen.